Clinton Yates, Tim Callis, Israel Gutierrez, and the return of Monica McNutt to us. You love to see that. 65-7? 65-7? Stetson Bennett, one of the greatest heat checks of all time. But was it the greatest heat check of the night? George, obviously, you've seen in the past couple seasons now, really, they've taken hold of college football. Look at Saban's face! Ooh. Oh my goodness, David Pollock! Wow! Let's go around the horn. I find your lack of faith disturbing. So I just need to go away for three weeks and come back and I start with three points? Is that how this works? <laughs> of course, baby. Don't be a hater. Go with it. There is nothing in the world that prepares you for a 65-7 national title game. Everybody has a plan until they get a 65-7 in their face. The single most dominant championship game performance since when national battle? Yell it out, when? Ever? Could it be ever? Ever. Georgia ascending Probably. straight into the Pantheon. Greatest team, greatest runs ever. Stetson Bennett ascending straight into the Pantheon. Greatest college football careers ever? I'm going to ask that in a second. Complete magnificence last night. Tim Callishaw, what just happened? Okay, this one got away from the local Big 12 <laughs> champs a little quickly, Tony. I'll, I'll, I'll acknowledge that. Let's say first, TCU had a great season, won a lot of close games, beat Michigan, deserved to be there. Now, mm -hmm. they were a little overmatched, and you could see early that 3-3-5 defense probably wasn't going to stop Georgia, nor were they going to be able to block anybody all night to protect their quarterback. Uh, however, it was almost 24-7 at halftime. Two late TDs made it 38-7. That's when it got a little, sure, that's when it got happened. A little beyond their grasp. But, look, it's a great team that's far, far better than TCU, and, and Georgia deserves whatever you want to anoint them as a 15-0 and 0 team. The 3-5-5 defense, he said. A 5-5-5 defense would not have stopped Stetson Bennett last night. Whether this game was won on signing day is another question. Clinton Yates, I'll bring you in on what you witnessed last night. Yeah, this was a Sunday team versus a Saturday team. And I don't think that the schemes are going to make a big difference because TCU just looked like a team that did not have it. I don't know if it was a difference between the month they had for the semifinals and the week they had for the title that changed in terms of their conditioning because they looked sluggish and they just were not there in the same place. Overall, though, I think Tim's right. TCU deserved to be there. They hammered Michigan. I don't look at this blowout now as some sort of an overall indictment, which we'll get to later on the playoff. I just thought they were beaten by a better team so soundly that you almost forget that they even made mistakes, which is what they could not do in order to have a chance at this game. It didn't work out for them either way. They didn't play well, and the other team played extremely well. Sorry, kids. You got 60 burger on national television. Israel Gutierrez, what just happened? Well, I, I saw a defense in Georgia that didn't think it, would, it had a chance to get beaten, right? And that's, you know, the offense is what it is. The offense is comfortable. Stetson Bennett was great. Uh, that TCU defense wasn't really uh, that much of a threat, but <laughs> that's putting it lightly. But the Georgia defense is absolutely dominant. They have been for two years. So they look in front of them and see a Big 12 team that is not necessarily, you know, that great and has been eking by a few games. And, yes, they have great story and deserve to be there. But it was a clear mismatch from the very beginning. And, you know, sometimes football will uh, – football, and you'll get – a close game that shouldn't be that way and this one had about that long of a chance and we saw it disappear you know probably late in that first quarter monica mcnutt on what you witnessed last night historic and yet the greatest performance in a title game ever in your opinion 
Um, greatest performance, I don't know. I think the the back-to-back wins for this Georgia team obviously are historic, and you've got to talk about this team in terms of being the princes right now and definitely don't want to be prisoner of the moment in terms of where they stand big picture in terms of college football. But I've been really trying to convince myself that TCU just played poorly and that the margin really, really wasn't that wide because, honestly, I finished watching that game wondering if this college football playoff thing is actually going to make any real sense in terms of leading to more competitive games. I just thought it was a bad showing for what is to come in terms of the growth well, of the Well, let's ask that player. question then. Clinton, Monica just posed it. Did last night's result have you thinking – expansion of the playoff is a good thing or have you thinking no just the opposite well specifically last night referring to this year I thought it was unfortunate because we had the greatest semis we'd ever had and so if you're going to take one versus the other they basically balanced out as for the overall idea of expanding more teams frankly the specific mismatch we saw leads me to believe that yeah we might get more good games we might have more participants there will be more opportunities for fun but at the end of the day the structure of college football is not going to change the difference between Georgia and TCU in terms of the programs that they are when they show up to play the football games so we can expand all this stuff to make it more inclusive for everybody but ultimately the bigger stronger faster teams are going to win these football games as we saw evidence Tim last night's result have you thinking expansion might not be needed or more so it is needed I've never thought any kind of expansion was needed in college football for 20 years on this show. I understand why it's going to happen, but, you know, what do you think Georgia against the 12 seed is going to look like as an opener? That'll be a lot of fun, especially if it's played at Georgia, if they play these games on campus as they're talking about in the first round. You're also asking college kids to play 16 or 17 games. There's going to be some attrition. There's going to be some injuries. Uh, you, you know, Clinton thought TCU looked tired last night. How about the team playing its fourth? Playoff game. How are they going to look okay. uh, in the new system? There's a lot of there's a lot of flaws. Is Gutierrez? I mean, there's injuries at every level, and I would argue that you know college kids now can get paid, so it's probably not too much to ask to play a couple of more games. The way I say is, what are we protecting? Are we protecting the final, the the championship game? If we want that to be as good as it can possibly be, then yeah, go to 12, because then you're talking about hey, some team doesn't just have to sneak by once and then get to the title game. They got to win a couple, and the committee, if they're assuming there still is one, probably wouldn't be forced to say hey, TCU's definitely number four. No, they have some mugger room there. Hey, they're going to get in the playoffs, but they're probably more like realistic or seven or eight seed, boom, we put them in as a seven or eight seed. So I do think there's things you can do to sort of create the better, you know, semis and final. And in this case, I've never been a big fan of expanding it to 12. But if that's what we're trying to protect, the, the quality of the championship game, then I do well, think it will let me ask you this, Israel. Were you watching last night thinking, man, Ohio State should be here? Or, man, Alabama should have been in the playoffs. No, playoff but I was watching last night thinking that Ohio State would have just because of the level of athlete. Again, we talk about the performance that TCU had throughout this season, but they are not the same rosters as Ohio State and, and TCU, it feels like. So, yeah, I think it would have been more of a chance to Tim, get were you thinking the about Ohio game, State according to them. Last night? And it really doesn't matter were who they played. Were you thinking about well, another matchup that you preferred to see? I wasn't thinking about Ohio State because they already played them, and, and they played them basically to a tie. That, that was a dead-even game, and if the Buckeyes hadn't run out of wide receivers, they probably would have won the game. But we'd already seen that. And, again, TCU deserved to be there by the system we have. It just was a pretty horrible match. Georgia immediately installed as favorite for next year. Monica, you just said you don't want to be prisoner of the moment. Imprison me in the moment. That would be a three-peat <laughs> if they were to win next year, something college football hasn't seen in 75 or 85 years, depending on how you count Army in the 40s, Minnesota in the 30s. A pin of bravery last night for David Pollock, Sexton, <laughs> Nick Saban, the greatest heat check of all time. Listen to this.
Georgia, obviously, you've seen in the past couple seasons now, really, they've taken hold of college football. They did an unbelievable job. Uh, this is a young football you team. You see Saban's face there. This is the, the landscape of college football right now, Clinton. Is it possible? Georgia, the faces, the measuring stick of all college football. I mean, Saban was ready to look over him like Darth Vader and give him the force joke from across but the executive team. But is, is, not, is he not right? Is it, it Georgia and everybody else? Incredible look on his face. My particular stance is that if you are still mentioning Alabama at all, then no, you are not past Alabama. You might be even at this point, certainly in the discussion, but this also reminds us of all the times that you had very good teams and did not win it. Why? Because Alabama was doing that. So this makes sense to me. As much as the coach wants to gaslight everybody into thinking that they were somehow counted out, even though they never got below three all season, the Bulldogs, they're getting their moment right now. But until Saban is not at that desk, you're not officially past him because that's the Monica, I'll bring you in here. Hearing, hearing that in Saban's face, but also you said it before, this two-year run now, back-to-back championships, three-peat is unheard of in the modern era of college football. Yeah, but even when we talk about back-to-back championships, Tony, who did it last? Alabama, right? Like, if they do go on and win three, then maybe we have that conversation. But we're talking about sustained greatness. Come on, y'all. Six titles over a span of 14 years. Shout out to David Pollock for saying that. But if I was saving, I would have acknowledged that verbally. It was not just a wrinkle of a smile. Israel Gutierrez. Who was at the center of that desk there? It was Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just have a hard time believing that when you talk about longevity and you say, hey, yeah, we're going to be what Alabama was, you can't. Like, it, you can't say that yet. And look at Alabama's uh, recruiting uh, season that they've had, T- top recruiting class. And so, yeah, yeah, Georgia's right behind them, but they're still behind them, okay? Georgia's had two phenomenal years where everything came together. Their defense was great. Stetson Bennett got better as he goes along, but anything can change from one year to the next. Your quarterback play might not be as good next year, and then all of a sudden, where are you? You're a great defense with a with struggling offense. Alabama has proven year after year after year recruit the quarterbacks, uh, implement their system, and Nick Saban, the center of that screen. All the 17, 18-year-olds, they're looking at him talking. I know Kirby Smart's on the sideline, but the reason he's there is because he's the most wanted coach in America, not by just the players, but by everybody. And Tim, you're as much a college football historian as anybody on our show and in this panel right now, please. Perfectly fair statement, though, for Pollock to make. I know Nick was looking around for a giant bottle of Coke to bash him over the head with. It's fair. When you've won two in a row, when you've won two in a row and you're the favorites for the third, you don't have to win six and, and get up to Saban's level and say, okay, now Georgia has caught Alabama. Georgia owns it. For now. That, that's so back-to-back back. winners, Alabama's had some in history. You have seen, of course, good runs from Nebraska teams before Miami teams, not back-to-back. But, but like, how, where does this Georgia team rank, Tim? You know, I, I look at it more as this, this, year, this individual team is one of the three or four best ever. The, the LSU team that didn't go back-to-back with Joe Burrow and Chase and Jefferson and Stingley and all those players was a great team ready for pro football. And I don't know if Georgia will have those kind of prospects, but – but uh, Izzy talked about their defense earlier. They're, they're just impossible to play against, and, and they did it all. Kirby Smart and Stetson Bennett rising to whole new levels, right? And about Bennett, you all know the story. Walk-on turned into a six-touchdown title game machine. Everybody's got jokes about his age and his future career prospects. But, Tim, answer this legitimately. Back-to-back championships, perfect season this year. He's the MVP of every bowl game he ever sets foot in. Could this be the best college football career of the modern era? I I think it's more like the best Cinderella story of the modern era that became 
a two-time champion. He had too much troubles uh, making sh sure he's the only quarterback out there. And Kirby Smart sometimes didn't like where he was trying to take the offense. But in the end, he, I mean, nobody's been more productive than this but guy. But doesn't that make it better that it had the Cinderella uh, impact? Yates, how about you? <laughs> Yeah, I think if you live and die on Rings Mountain with all of the celebrations of humans that we have for college football, absolutely. He's got everything you could ever want to a certain degree, but I do think there are certain careers that when you think of are certainly more exciting than Pollock's. I mean, Reggie Bush, who just got elected into the Cousin Football Hall of Fame, comes... All right, you didn't even get his name right. That's embedded, not Pollock. I know Pollock's in the break. All right, Tebow's got two. Bennett's got two. I'll let you back in a second. All right. Vince Young had one of the great careers of all time. He only got one, all right? His big game versus the six touchdowns Bennett put up. I mean, we're not going to compare them touchdown for touchdown, but they're comparable, right, in the moment. This was better. Vince's was Vince better. Vince was yeah. better. Yes, okay. Stetson Bennett is going to have the best life on earth for the rest of his life in Georgia, and I yeah. cannot wait to see what he does as the prince of People that People mock his overall, NFL prospects. I don't know how we can be in a place where we mock someone's NFL prospects, but having the greatest or one of the greatest college football careers is fine on its own, but we have a yes. Brock Purdy could be starting. Skylar Thompson could be starting in the playoffs. NFL prospects could They're be there. They're both about 30 pounds heavier than him. Understood. If I was somebody running a new football league right now, can you smell what I'm cooking right here? I'd sign Stetson Bennett. Or I'd put it out there. Right now, I'd, I'd sign him to a multi-multi-million deal. Right now. Give him something to think about okay. before you There's the face, Izzy. Yes. Fire on that. <laughs> Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. College football season over, NFL regular season over, the draft on the clock. Texans Ooh. giving the Bears the number one pick on the last day of the season. Here's Bears GM Ryan Poles today. There are people that said they're going. Quarterback might be available there. You're saying Justin's your guy. Well, we're going to do the same as we've always done. We're going to evaluate the draft class. And I would say this, I'd have to be absolutely blown away to make that type of decision. Tim, buy or sell that answer from Poles and what you're buying for the Bears in this pick in the draft. 
I'm definitely buying the answer. You can tell he's new. He's trying to be honest. That's unusual for a GM in talking about the draft. And uh, and I think they probably would have to be blown away. I think that's a better answer than saying, we'll try to get a one and a three for Justin Fields, like somebody on this network said earlier. <laughs> okay. All right. You're talking about the idea Mike Tannenbaum put out there that they would trade Justin Fields. <laughs> yeah. But... And, and, and you don't believe that's possible, and that's fine. I, but the idea that he didn't come out and support Fields, I think. He did support him. He said, we're going to look at it, and I'd have to be blown away. Yeah. Other, other than just saying, no, we're not going to take a quarterback. He's trying to give an honest answer to no. Israel Gutierrez, did you hear that as support for Fields? No, I hear that as driving up the price for a number one pick. You have to at least be a threat to take that quarterback that the number two team, the Houston Texans, probably want. So if you don't think they're going to take it, then why do I even bother trading for that number one pick overall, uh, whether I'm Houston or anybody else? So, yeah, I think that's just driving up the value. Monica McNutt? Um, I know we're not supposed to, like, split answers on this show, but that literally was the most splitting the fence answer you could have possibly given. He left the door open, but he also kind of voted a vote of confidence for Fields. Before that answer, he did say that he was pleased with the progress of Fields this season. So, I don't know, not a ton of confidence. why? Yeah, he made it clear they're not going to pick anybody number one overall, but that doesn't mean they still can't blow up their quarterback situation on draft day by making a trade. Also, if you're going to analyze players, what's happening between now and the draft that wasn't happening in the previous two months that's going to blow you away well, before I mean, now and then? I don't you, really you get can, the you analysis. You can analyze players. Yeah, you can analyze the players through the spring. Point blank, Justin Fields, the future of the Chicago Bears. Kalashaw? Yeah, I mean, I think they, uh, for, at least for now, play, throughout his first contract, I don't think they're giving up on it. Yes, you saw improvement within the first year. You'll see McNutt. further improvement. I think you stick with him. Yates. Better be. Stick with your plan, Chicago. That's what everybody's been waiting for. Buy or sell, too. <laughs> Stop me when this, and if it sounds familiar. You ready? Carlos Correa. Stop. Still Stop. hadn't signed with the New York Mets. <laughs> After still not signing with the San Francisco Giants. And this afternoon, the Twins sweeping in another deal in place, maybe pending physical, six years, $200 million with Minnesota. Have we ever seen anything like this before? Clinton, what is this? This is a picking up the pieces, and I don't generally think that this is good for baseball. The agent situation with Correa has him going all over the place. People are leaking more information than necessary, and I understand why the Twins want him back. They're the people that know him. He's been on that team. It makes sense, but reminder, the Twins were like 10 games under 500 last year. They're not that good. We don't okay, no, no, but about this situation, we never hear of somebody, the pending physical is always a little asterisk, but sometimes it, it is a hiccup, but usually it just moves on. This has happened twice. Does he have a live grenade in his body? <laughs> Well, listen, you know what the deal is with the ankle. Also, he warms up for three hours just trying to get his back loose before games. Everybody knows that. It's possible that this just isn't the player people have thought that he was, and I understand that if you're talking about money that's that high. He's making more average money per year with the Twins than he would have been, but the years are down. It just makes sense. Those are called market forces. I mean, usually it's, usually it's a football player with a back injury and doctors are disagreeing. This is an ankle injury. It should be a yes or no. And At least the Twins have seen it for a year. But, but to Clinton's point, they weren't very good with him. They just spent more than $30 million a year to keep him. It's a much shorter deal, but it's still $33 million a year. It's a reminder, baseball teams have a lot of money. Gutierrez. 
Fool me once, fool me twice, and I'm going to be fooled a third time. Pending physical is still out there, so I'm still waiting. Uh, however, I sort of ran this through some folks at the gym today and told them the whole story, and not a single soul felt sorry for Carlos Correa, who's making $200 million over the next... <laughs> Professional reporter Israel Gutierrez, his sources, people at the gym. At the gym. Monica McNutt, please. Listen, there's lots of wisdom to be had at the gym, especially if you're a woman and a man tells you that you're not using a machine right. But anyway, I digress. Uh, listen, this is a romantic comedy <laughs> in baseball. I mean, the Twins had an offer out there originally, the 10-year, $285 million deal, and so now he circles his way back home. And yeah, they weren't great last year, but continuity. They can now move forward and... Baby! I mean, why not go around the horn a few more times? Boston's got an opening at shortstop today. Trevor Story just had... Had his elbow I'd love to done. Go I mean, a few more times to get this. Tim, did up. you get points for repeating what I said and even saying my name at the same time? Is that what just happened? <laughs> Maybe. Calvin Maybe Shaw, I not showdown. Two minutes. <laughs> Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Monica McNutt, Tim Kalashon Showdown. Neither have won since October. Now that makes sense. Monica what? is circumnavigating her way around the NBA and, and basketball. <laughs> Tim, how about you circumnavigate yourself around the showdown, Magellan? Let's go. I've been here, scoring master. The biggest storyline going into Ravens-Bengals. Will Lamar Jackson play? John Arbaugh non-committal. On Lamar Jackson's return to practice this week, this this afternoon. So the question is, how should Ravens fans feel, Tim? I think Ravens fans believe Harbaugh's pulling a fast one. I think Lamar's going to play better. They averaged over the last three years 27 points a game with Lamar, 17 with anybody else. 17 won't do it in Cincinnati. Monica. 27, Mike. I don't think Harbaugh's pulling a, pulling a fast one. Honestly, if Jackson is not healthy, I don't think he should play. He's not going to be benefited when it comes to figuring out his deal if he plays injured and makes it worse. Like, they should have got this deal done earlier than maybe you put it on the line for the squad. If he's not ready, he shouldn't go. I think Harbaugh's telling the truth. Is mm-hmm. mm-hmm. him show 11 straight losses. One of the longest streaks in around the horn history, but it stops right now. <laughs> wire to wire win with the college football today. TC, 30 seconds of face time. Where did that streak even come from? This will fly under the radar this weekend because of football, but Sunday is the start of the international signing of free agents in baseball. And if you look at the, all the rosters, the great players from the Dominican and everywhere, that's where they come from. It turns out Vlad Guerrero has another son. Vlad Guerrero Jr. has a brother. His name is Pablo Guerrero. He's eligible. And in his first Instagram post, he put up a picture of himself in Texas Rangers gear. 
That's right. The Rangers are coming in 2023. Jacob deGrom, Nathan Yavaldi, Simeon, Jaeger, Garcia, and Pablo Guerrero. Not this year, but he's coming. He's coming. They're going to get him. <laughs> and maybe that's why it was an 11-game losing streak. <laughs> <laughs> 23 and a half hour break. See you tomorrow. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. <laughs>